Welcome to On the Way with Tony Crisp. Each weekday, Dr. Crisp will be discussing biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Tune in daily to start your day right and deepen your understanding of how to better walk the way and enjoy the journey. Here's your host, Dr. Tony Crisp. Welcome to On the Way. This is Tony Crisp, and this is podcast 253. I want to wrap up our sessions on deacons and pastors today in talking about what deacons should be doing. We've talked about their role as a servant, as an assistant, as someone who is called alongside to minister to the needs of people and so forth. We talked about how we got into the mess that we're in with the current concept of deacons being the primary leaders in the church in opposition, really, to the elders. Even though it seems like that all works out, it really doesn't, and it doesn't in the end, because God's way of leading the church is through elders, and deacons were called along for a specific purpose. And so that's what we have been looking at. So what do the deacons do? What does the deacons need to do? Well, people say they need to take care of families. Well, let me just say that's true in one sense of the word. But in now four and a half decades of ministry, I have never seen a, quote, deacon family ministry, end quote, work. Now, what that means is, in some fashion or another, the church role is divided up in whatever random way you do it or what you put together. A deacon is assigned a certain number of families, and he is to contact those families, seek to build relationships with those families and so forth. Well, let me just tell you, I've never seen this work. Now, sometimes it works if you get the right match, but the fact is when people have trouble and people get into financial difficulty or they get into marital difficulty and so forth, they don't say, hey, who is our deacon? Let's call them. That's rarely the case. No, they call on people that they know. They call on people that they trust, that they already have relationships with. That may be a Sunday school teacher, and he may not be qualified to to be a deacon. He may not be held in the esteem that a deacon is in decision-making, but he knows that person. He loves that person. He trusts that person. And that's who he's going to call on. That's who she's going to call on, a trusted friend. And this idea that someone can sit in Nashville or Washington, D.C. or wherever it is and say, these are the people you need to call when you have trouble. These are the people you need to call on for your counseling and your care. And they think that's going to happen. They're not living in the real world. This happens all the time in Washington, and it happens in churches. When people get inside the beltway in Washington, they lose their mind. Same thing is true when people are ordained as deacons. They begin to think there's something many times, think that they can meet any need. Well, the fact is, all ministry and all discipleship is built off of relationships. That's exactly the way God meant for it to be. And so the people that need to take care of people are the people that are closest to them. So what do the deacons do? What is it that will work? Well, let's look back to the Bible and see what worked there, because what worked there will work now. This is why I've kept telling you over and over and over again and will until the Lord takes me home or until Jesus comes. And that is that you and I are made for relationships. And God made us to desire that. And when we follow God's plan and God's word, it always works. 
we cannot just say to someone, well, read that passage and tell me that what that means to you. What does that Bible verse mean to you? Folks, it doesn't matter what it means to you or to me. What matters is what does it mean? And this is why the Bible talks about this early example of deacons, the servants of the church that were called upon is because God's trying to show us a pattern. He's trying to help us to understand how we care for one another. These people called people that were Greeks like they were, people that they knew, people that they already had a relationship with to be their deacons. And so what did the deacons do? Well, they did basically three things is all we find them doing in the Bible. Number one, they were quelling disharmony. That is, they were getting on top of things very quickly, and they promoted unity in the church, harmony. Now, harmony and unity is not just the absence of conflict. It is being in sync. It is walking hand in hand. How can two walk together except they be agreed? And so you have to promote this because left to itself, it's like the second law of thermodynamics. Everything just goes from complex to simple. It all boils down to relationships. And so it is the families that are to take care of those, first of all. That's why Paul told Timothy in First Timothy chapter 5 that if anyone, a widow or a widower, if especially widows, vulnerable women that have children or grandchildren, they're to care for them. Why? Because that starts with the home, with those closest around you, with those relationships of care that have been built over time and many times decades. And this is to relieve the church from any kind of care. See, the first thing that people want to do when they go in the hospitals, they want to call the church. Well, that's fine. But the church is not the primary one to call. The family is the primary one to call because they're the primary caregivers. Now, if children and grandchildren will not care for their own children, their own parents and grandparents, then the Bible says no matter what they profess, that they are worse than an infidel in how they treat people, worse than an unbeliever, because uh, even unbelievers care for their family members. So what is the role of the deacon when it comes to families and care? Well, they take care of those who have no one to take care of themselves, like a widow or someone, maybe a single mother that has been abandoned, not that's been out in promiscuity and still unrepentant, but I'm talking about someone who has been left alone or abandoned and they need help. That's one instance. Or uh, someone, a family that's overwhelmed. Sometimes you have more than one family member getting sick, even with serious diseases such as cancer or stroke, or one thing leads to another, and next thing you know, they're financially destitute. There's no one to care for them. They need meals. They need all kinds of things. Well, that's where the deacons and the deacons' wives come into play, and that's the reason they came into existence to begin with, is to keep down the quarreling and the fussing and the fighting in the church and to take care of those, secondly, who cannot take care of themselves, have no one to take care of them. They're abandoned. They're left behind. They are they are in need. 
the first care group and the first care level is always the family. When the family cannot be apart, then you go to that covenant relationship, that covenant fellowship that you have in the body of Christ. Now, this is why it's important for you to commit yourself to a local church. It's not the only reason, but it's one reason. It's because you are going to run into difficulty in your life and you may not have anyone around and you can't just go through life going to a church and visiting a church and not having any part in that church and not pledging allegiance to that church and that people and that body to that family and then all of a sudden start griping because that family is not doing what they need to do toward you or expecting that family to do something that you're not even caring enough about them to be in a relationship with them. Now, do we still need to help people? Of course we do, and we will. But what I'm saying is there's a mutual responsibility in the Word of God. There always is. Even God, who has saved us and redeemed us and set us apart and set His love and His righteousness upon us, says be holy, pursue holiness, pursue godliness, pursue that which is promoting goodwill toward the Father. All of these things, all of these things, God has a part and we have a part. Well, the church has a part and the family has a part. And this is the way it always is in a husband-wife relationship. The husband has a part, the wife has a part, and it can't be 50-50. It's got to be 100-100 if it's going to work and going to be successful and bring glory to God. And so the three things that the deacons we find doing in the book of Acts and all the way through is primarily they are in the role of assistants or servants, and they are keeping harmony and unity in the church and working to do that, and that is work. It's a lot of caring and loving and talking and praying. But also, it is to care for those who are overwhelmed or those who have no one to care for them. Then the only other thing we have them doing and find them doing in the New Testament is teaching the Word of God, defending the Word of God. Stephen, Philip, great examples of that, Uh, but there's others. And so there is this functional sense of the diakonoi, of the deacons, that is true. Paul uh, is called a deacon. Uh, Phoebe is called a deacon. And that doesn't mean that that's the official office. That just means she was a female serving uh, in the church and ministering in the church. Paul is considered a deacon. Uh, Barnabas is considered a deacon. These are servant leaders but they are serving in a certain capacity of assisting and caring. And that's the threefold function of uh, the deacon and the office of a deacon is to keep harmony and goodwill in the church, to promote harmony and a unity, to take care of those who cannot take care of themselves or are overwhelmed, and then to teach and disciple people. And so these are the things that we need to emphasize. Now, in each one of those categories, there are how-tos. Deacons need to be equipped and trained. We don't just expect everybody to know how to settle an argument. They have to be trained to do that. Now, some of that's innate, inherent within every person, but there's others that can be trained to reconcile and help people reconcile and uh, to restore and help people in restoration. There is uh, a way to meet people's needs of where you weed out the charlatans who will come into the congregation and be bottom feeders, always trying to get something. You see, there are ways to do this, and there's training available to teach deacons how to minister to the congregation. 
that's what pastors and elders need to be doing. They need to be equipping these men to do what they need to do. In any kind of leadership role, assisting, serving role, many times there has to be education and training and discipleship and mentoring. And that's what we need. We don't need to be fussing and fighting against each other as elders and deacons, pulling and tugging. There is a role for both, and we need to step up to the plate. The qualifications are laid out in Paul's epistles to to Timothy and to Titus, and it's mentioned in other places. But basically what it means is that men of God, men of great integrity, need to be leading and serving the church. Those who are assisting the pastors and assisting the elders, assisting the overseers and shepherds, they, in a sense, are turf shepherds themselves. They have a platform of influence, and those need to be used for the glory of God. Well, I hope this helps as you walk on the way. This is Tony Crisp. Thanks for listening to On The Way with Tony Crisp. Tune in every weekday for information on biblical passages, people, places, and prophecies. Fridays are for your questions. Email your questions to questions at TonyCrisp.org. Then just listen for your question to be answered on Friday's podcast. That's questions at TonyCrisp.org. Thanks for listening and have a blessed day on the way.